officially turned around, guys. We are back, baby. We are fucking back. We are back. Yeah. Classic. We are back. That's we right. are back. We are getting Doug back. I liked this movie. This movie was bad. I did not like this movie. Movie bad. Bad movie. I loved this movie. Fuck this movie. I really did not like this movie. Oh no, don't ruin the movie for me. I loved this movie. The movie was good. All right, I just want to warn you, spoiler alert. It's good that that part was not involved. <laughs> I sound but, like a fool. But yeah, no, that's what I meant by making your mic, because I don't know, you said, hold on, I'm looking for my mic, and then 15 minutes went by, and then you were like, all right, I found it. I was like, oh, all right, maybe you went to fucking wherever yeah, in Cat. In Canada, you buy stuff, and you went and bought a new mic. <laughs> oh, like I went to Circuit City or some shit? Do they have Circuit City in Canada still? Probably not. I saw the other day that someone tweeted, like, oh, Radio Shack has PS5s, and I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I miss Radio Shack. So do I, but... Did I ever tell you about the Nick Cannon cardboard cutout at the Radio Shack at BU? No, but that's amazing. <laughs> oh, it was like the Golden Goose. Uh, like when they went out of business, that was the thing that everyone wanted to buy. Coleman and I, friend of the pod, uh, we were big fans of it. Anytime we walked by the uh, Radio Shack on campus, snap a pic, me and Nikki. Yeah, just like a campus staple, you know. Nick Cannon, BU friend, BU yeah, ally. Yeah, yeah, uh, anyway, hello, we're recording. Yeah, good to be here, you know, feeling things. Well, like we never stopped. Yeah, uh, this is episode, dude. It's been a couple weeks, so I think it's episode six. It might be episode seven. It's episode is six it? or seven. I feel like it's episode three or four. I don't know. We took a. Well, I'm Eric, by the way. Uh, that's Nick. I have to announce myself every time, right? Yeah. Yes, this is Nick. And uh, we are. Spoiler alert: We're a film podcast. We took a bit of a hiatus in case you guys didn't realize because uh me eric like an idiot i didn't actually do anything but i ended up contracting covid so you were on injured reserve yeah and i talk about injured reserve today's the first day where i don't feel like i ran four miles oh that's good you were wearing yeah. that walking boot for a while yeah i, I don't was, know why you put it on because uh, you didn't have a foot injury no i didn't nothing really hurt me i didn't need any type of cast but i was like bubble boy Classic Jake Gyllenhaal picture. Uh, but, yeah, so I'm feeling good now. That guy? Jake Gyllenhaal or Bubble Boy? Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Is he still making stuff? Yeah, he's in uh, the new Denny movie. They announced that he's going to be in the new Denny movie. Oh, like Denny's? Yeah, like, like after Denny? after Dune. Denny's Diner, the movie by Denny Villeneuve. Driving's and Dives. Yeah. Starring, it's not. We're not. It's not that. That's not the part of the show yet, though. Starring Kate McKinnon as Guy Fieri. <laughs> I feel like she would do a fire impression. Actually, she would. Um, Has she did, done that on SNL? No, but did you watch that thing I sent you earlier today? Is it the Santa one? The stew. I haven't. I haven't oh. watched. All. I just like. I have it open on my computer, but I haven't actually watched it yet. Well, it's it's, it's great. It, I don't want to spoil what it's riffing off of because you'll be you like, watch what? it right now to. To give a live reaction? Is that good content? Um, probably not. I mean, no, you should probably just watch it after. You could watch it and then I could cut this part out and then we could 
your reaction after. Yeah, sure. We'll figure it out. All right. Do you want to watch it? Yeah, sure. Okay. Dear Mr. Holly Jolly Two-Faced Son of a Bitch, I hope you crash your sleigh and wind up face down in a ditch. I guess even the great Saint Nick can't track down a PS5. Hey, Santa, I drank the fifth of eggnog. Dare me to drive? You ruined Christmas. I wish I never told you what was on my wish list. Screw you, you elves, you stupid beard, and you bitch tits. So this will be my last letter. I know you miss me when I'm gone. Sincerely, yours, Stu. Ladies and gentlemen, Sir Elton John. At least your Christmas will be made. Santa sucks was my favorite fucking snl sketch i've ever seen i know that's like i mean snl to me is like way more missed than hit recently but i do have to admit that like that one that bill burr one the sam adams one a couple of weeks ago um oh, yeah their boston this, shit is always yeah, top but this one was like top notch like yeah. i think because as you know uh, over the course of my COVID quarantine and just like ever since it got released, I've been trying to get a PS5 yeah, and I've never related, I've never related more to an SNL skit than this. Uh, RIP Stu. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Uh, that's yeah, tough, I recommend man. to anyone who hasn't seen it to go watch the Stu skit from SNL. Can though, you but... put, like, can you put like a clip of it in? Yeah, I will. I'll, I'll put That'd a clip, I'll, I'll put a little clip in of, uh, of it at this point, but, uh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. I figured you were going to think it's funny because yeah, you're a big Christmas fan. And... I'm definitely going to watch it again when we're done recording. No, I know. It's really funny. I've watched it like four times. But yeah, back to just, you know, I'm feeling good. Back to, I think I'm back to almost 100%. Got my oh, smell man. back. Got my taste back. That's bad. Uh, the fatigue, for the most part, has been pretty pretty grueling, but today was good. Um I'm just I'm ready to get back to recording. I've missed yeah. it, but I just haven't had the energy. On. I know. I got the flow going because I haven't been able to get a haircut. I think you should grow it out. Get back to circa twenty fourteen gold medal champion. Um when we jump into yeah. our uh what we watched, I'm gonna talk really, really quickly about it. But I told you today I started Doom Patrol. Right, right. And Brendan Fraser has a mullet. Oh, that's, <laughs> and that's what I'm kinda going for now. Yo, I found out there's a junior team in Minnesota called the Minnesota Mullets. That's I wish I would have played for them. That's spectacular. You probably have to grow a mullet. Like that's probably like an obligation on the oh, team. Oh, no doubt. And if you don't, you're you're cut. Yeah, you're kicked off the team. Yeah, how are you though? Cuz I just talked about myself a lot. How have you been? I mean, we've talked a lot, but we haven't really had a face-to-face. Yeah, no, we just been chit-chatting over text, you know, a little SMS action. S-N-M-N-S. I mean, I message because we're we're a part yeah. of the we're a part of the growing capitalist so system known system. as Apple. That's not my dad. It's a phone. Yeah, you know, things like that. Feeling good. I love. You start singing the song. And you're like, yeah, things like that. <laughs> already kind of off the rails let's get back to this outline no we're not we're, we're part of the intro this is it this is our okay, little bit good. of a yeah i felt like it. i was being a naughty boy no well, you aren't because remember you got a nice little edit coming in when you watch the footage so it's gap okay nice well it's good to hear uh we're obviously we're back 
We're going to hopefully get back to a more consistent weekly schedule. We're going to go a little bit Christmas this month, but today we wanted to jump in with a little bit of a classic to kind of get ourselves back in the routine with uh, the 2009 comedy movie, The Hangover. It's a very special movie to both of us. Very quoted movie throughout our friendship. Yeah, so we're going to jump into that. But first, we figured we're going to go into our What We Watch segment. First, before we jump into anything, just know Nick and I were had a whole thing planned, and then he didn't watch the movie, which seems to be a recurring theme here. These things happen. Yeah. I mean, at least, you, at least you watched the movie that the episode's about, but we were going to... Re- you did a good job with that. So I'll be going solo today on my What We Watched. I watched something this week. Well, I mean, Excuse we both, me. we, we watch things, but we were supposed to watch the same thing and have a nice little mini review. You know, we can sit here and point fingers all day. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain to you the movie without you knowing what it's about, even though you kind of do, but I'm going to do a good job. Okay, okay. so first, before That's we, be all right, so I watched the new David Fincher movie. I watched a lot of David Fincher this week, catching up. I've seen every single David Fincher movie now, because his new movie, Mank, released, which I Mank. watched. Call me Mank. That movie has to say the title the most any movie's ever said it. <laughs> like he said, the movie Her. I don't think it says Her that much. <laughs> oh, okay. It literally, every, every, he's like, call me Mank. 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 Mank, I really dug it. I definitely think it's the type of movie that I need to watch a couple more times because it's very, it's a lot of, it's very weirdly edited. Not, not in a bad way. It's very non-linearly, linear, linearly edited. There we there go. You go. You got it. Which it's obviously kind of similar to Citizen Kane, which I, I mean, it's sacrilege to say for film people, but like, I'm not the biggest fan of it. I know you're not either. What? Oh no, you didn't. Well, you're not either. You didn't finish it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. I sat down to watch it in the beginning of quarantine and it was tough, man. But this movie, I think actually kind of makes me want to go back and watch Citizen Kane now that I've seen this. Cause I feel like I might find a new appreciation for it. The thing I'll say is that it's Gary Oldman's really great in it. The cast is all great. The cinematography is great. The sound mixing is really, really cool because they, you know, you know, when you watch a 70s movie and it, um, it's got that weird, like, kind of sounds like it's through a phone, but it's not like yeah. it's got that. Yeah, it, Fincher did that with Ooh. the sound. So it sounded very, very, it sounded like an old fashioned movie. Like it sounded old. I dig it. And Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's score is very not like them. And I think they're going to win best score this year because it's unreal. But also, apparently, they did the Soul score, like the Disney movie. And apparently, it's also really good. So they might do it. They might do a double. They might get a double down. Written by Verve client, Mike Jones. Thanks for coming. Spike Jones. emailed multiple times. Spike Jones. Not quite. And Uh, not the other Mike Jones. So my quick rendition of the Mank plot to you. There's a guy named Mank. So it's, I hear. He's just named Mank. Nothing else. Uh, he's like Cher. He, or Poseidon. He writes movies for guys that direct movies. <laughs> and Tales all this, time. this guy named Orson comes by and he's like, yo, Mank. Orson Redenbacher? Yes. Popcorn fame? I think I his name's Orville. His name. He's like, hey, Herman. Oh, shit. I mean, Mank. <laughs> He <laughs> shouldn't have said that. He goes, Mank, why don't you write this movie for me? And Mank's like, I will. And he's all like, I don't need credit for the movie, though. And then turns out, you know, maybe he does want credit. Uh-oh. And then there's more to it. 
and there's a lot of politics involved. Way more politics than I actually thought there were going to be. Completely forgot that like 1940s Hollywood was really, I mean, it still is kind of politically charged now, but it was way more embedded in the political scheme back then. Uh, yeah, Mank, highly recommend it. Nick's going to watch it next week. It's his homework and he's going to come back and he's going to tell me if my plot synopsis did a good job. Be, I know that it's not wrong, but it would be really funny if you gave me an entirely inaccurate synopsis right there. I mean, I gave you like half of a kind of okay right synopsis. It might not be entirely right. It would be funny if the movie was about like robots in space, running be, and jumping. It'd be really crazy. Although Fincher did co-create with uh, Tim Miller that Love, Death, and Robots show on Netflix. Yeah, so so, he, so, he, he, so he does like robots. Uh, what did you watch? Watched Big Mouth. Um, new season came out Friday. I watched it Friday night and Saturday morning. Recommend? Uh, I've seen all the. Yeah, other highly seasons. recommend. It's my favorite show right now. Every season just gets better. Not Harley Quinn. No, Harley Quinn. I really liked a lot, but Big Mouth is like this is like probably a cringe thing to say, and I'm sorry, but like Big Mouth is like important. The way I heard, it, I heard that this season that. makes up a little bit more for the one thing they kind of fucked up last season. Yeah, they were pretty. They did a pretty good job introducing the trans character, and like they presented it in a way that's pretty accessible. Yeah. I think for people who I, I've saw watched the show because it's like crude humor. I am gonna watch it because I I think it does get kind of memefied a lot, and people kind of they I think it gets looked at in a bad light just because I think when you see things on social media and like a certain popular show kind of gets like oh wow like people there's those people who are like oh it's extremely important like not coming at you or anything because i do believe that like the for what it's about it does a really good job of like taking serious subject matter and making it funny but not making light on it yeah and i i think it does a good job with anxiety presenting it as like the anxiety i mean as as you and i yeah both struggle with that that's something that i like when a tv show and a movie will def will absolutely be able to show um and I lost my train of thought. I'm still getting back into the yeah, routine. Yeah, I, I know you were saying that. Like, yeah. I felt this is, like, such a cliche thing to say, but I felt very seen by a lot of the things in this, ep- uh, this season. It's a lot about friendship and, like, relationships and um, just, like, how you interact with people. And there's this whole motif of, like, protect yourself, which is also weird because my Slack profile picture for work is Nick from Big Mouth. Just because <laughs> I picked it because it's, like, my name is Nick. And we got these big old DSLs. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, just like it's, there's so much relatable shit in it and not in the way that it's like. People kind of pick on it too because of the way it's animated. Because it's animated kind of ugly. But like that's the whole point of it. I think people kind of look too deep into it. Is that like there's a reason why everyone looks so awkward and gross? It's because like. Yeah, they're children. Well, children and teenagers are are one view themselves as awkward and gross and two yeah. like there's a lot of nudity on the show and they want to make it so it's yeah, not they like, show little boy dicks and like <laughs> they want to make it so uh, you're not like oh wow this it almost kind of like you're kind of like okay i can kind of let that go just because like it looks weird like yeah it's not presented in any kind of like feti- feti- it, fetishistic yeah, way or anything. Yeah. it's very matter of fact and like it's almost it's like some people could call it shock jock humor i just think it's kind of matter of fact and abrupt and funny like that 
No, I'm excited. Whatever. I, wanna, I have I, no taste. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, neither do I. I want to watch, except I liked Mank. And anyone who didn't like Mank has no taste. So if you don't like Mank, it'd be really funny if we just, after coming back one week, we cancel the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's the thing that tears us apart. But I will say that, um, no, I, I saw, when you told me that it dropped, I was like, oh shit, dude, this weekend was ripe with the content. There's a lot yeah, of stuff I watched this weekend. Uh, and big Mando yet. I know. Oh yeah, shit. Big Mouth definitely will watch it soon. Um, it's one of those shows that I mean, I just started Doom Patrol, like I said, which I'll go quickly into. Recommend it if you like DC stuff. If you like really weird black like humor, not black humor, like dark humor. <laughs> I got what you're saying. Thank you. And yeah, Brendan Fraser claps some cheeks first scene that he's in. And it's like, oh shit, where's Brent? Where's Brendan Fraser been? Oh, he's been there the whole time. He's just been he's banging. The thread that connects all of this because Brendan Fraser is also in Big Mouth. Hell. As himself. Yes. Does he have a sex tape like Rocky? Oh, you know what? I just realized it's Nathan Philly and not Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Fuck. They occupy the same space in my head. Well, I'm glad that Brendan Fraser's back, at least in Doom Patrol. But uh, yeah, I, that's you're, good for him. I think you need to watch Doom Patrol. You're you're most likely going to because you're a big superhero guy like me. That's true. And I think you would appreciate it. And yeah, it's a funny show so far. I'm on episode three. I plan on watching another episode or two tonight. And uh, HBO Max continuing to be the best streaming service, in my opinion. We will get into that when we get to the news because HBO I Max like, got. I like I like Quibi. Um, I think there's some promise there. I like I like Quibi too. I think uh, I think they're gonna come back next year. Yeah, I feel like five days ago they're gonna take off because December first is um, their official last day of operation. <laughs> okay, you can't get over how sick that headband looks, dog. Thank you. I'm, I'm a big fan. Gotta get the flow just peeking up a little bit. Yep. Let's jump into our Mandalorian talk real quick, and then we'll go into the news. Uh, Should we the beat that I made based off the Mando theme? No, you're gonna have to send we it use to it me. as like the outro or something. I think it's pretty good, honestly. No, you give it to me because I need new outro music because it's All Christmas right. time. Okay, it's I already Christmas have. Day. It's Christmas time. That's true. It is Christmas time. We have. Um, I do have intro music or intro stuff planned. I love it involving our hangover because like there's a part from the hangover. What there, you when you're too fucked up. No, it's when they're like, that we part. are back, we are oh, back, yeah. and that's us, because we're back. Oh, good point. That's good. Exactly. I'm a creative genius. Yeah, I'm If sorry. that's one thing that getting COVID uh, gave me, it was creativity. Yeah, I didn't have like, that before. You got bit by a radioactive virus, and now exactly. your brain is super smart. Couldn't smell my own farts, <laughs> but now I can write a Citizen Kane-esque movie. Yeah, call you Mank. I'm naming well, my that I'm, name's taken. I'm naming my Mank. every one of my kids Mank. I don't even care. <laughs> every single one's gonna be Mank. Just Mank. Mank Rayer. It kind of sounds like a real name of a person. I know. It's like Hank, but yeah. an M. All right, let's go Mando. All right. So we were originally before I got COVID, we're gonna talk about Mando. And we were all set up because I think it was the episode when was it that that might have been the episode with Bo Bo Katan. Yeah. We're just going to skip past all the episodes that we've freeze. Ahsoka uh, Tano, what's up? Yeah, that Ahsoka was, was there last week. She was cool. She was all like, pew, 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 and she killed some people. Episode looked sick. Best episode of TV I've ever seen. Exactly, yeah. Sorry if that's, like, way yeah. too uh, hyperbolic, but... No, Dave Filoni. That just, episode just... fucking rocked. 
Dave Filoni directed the shit out of it, wrote the shit out of it, finally gave Baby Yoda a name, Grogu. Yes. I, uh, it's grown on me a lot. I mean, I liked it right away, which a lot of people seem not to, but I was I think a big it's, fan. Yeah, it's perfectly fine, and it feels yeah. like Star Wars-y. Accurate. It feels Star Wars-y. Uh, but like let's Baby jump. Yoda because it's cute. All right, let's jump into episode, was it six for the season? I believe so. Episode six for the season, chapter 13, entitled The Tragedy. The Tragedy. Uh, tragedy indeed. I'll tell you what the tragedy uh, is. This outfit you're wearing. Oh, just kidding. I told you I love it already. Thank you. That hurt. All right. So this episode sees Baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever you want to call him. I know you're in between. I'm going to call him Grogu. Or Kevin. So, I've also been thrown. It's, it's like when someone, you know, it's like being an ally and you keep, you got to kind of beat the name into your head a little bit so you stop slipping up. It's Grogo now. He is Grogo. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so Mando and Grogu go to the Jedi Temple, which Ahsoka told them that if Grogu is placed on top of a stone, he will open up a connection to the Force and hopefully find someone who can help train him. And then uh, our boy Boba Fett just comes swooping in with Fennec from season one who was the yeah with the robot abs now who was the outlaw who or i guess the bounty hunter who was coming after baby yoda or grogu right yeah and sharpshooter yep sharpshooter so baby yoda fuck boba fett and fennec (laughs) are working together now and there's a big like big shootout and then fuck what's his then they all stop and it's okay it's like they all stop they're all like hey i just want my goddamn armor back mando and mando's all like are you mandalorian and boba fett's all like no bitch it's just my (laughs) it's my dad's armor (laughs) and then moff gideon decides to come and ruin the party and then boba fett gets his armor back and he's all like look i got knee blasters motherfucker and he shoots and it's like the coolest shootout in Star Wars history. I don't care what anyone says. That was the yeah. best the best single like around. shootout, uh, which this episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, who's well known for his creative shootouts and his guerrilla style of filmmaking, which he kind of almost, he didn't create it, but he definitely helped pioneer um, no budget and a lot of like low budget yeah. filmmaking. The micro budget genre was pretty much invented by him. And uh, this definitely felt more like as low budget as star wars could be i mean there was still a lot of cgi a lot of um uh, there was still set a lot of big sets and stuff but it definitely like i sent you that one tweet it was like this episode feels like it was filmed on a back lot like a back wooded area of la but like i I kind of like that yeah like that's fine but those uh those environments would exist in the star wars universe if it's as expansive as yeah the entire 60 or whatever it is 50 years of its existence and i and it's not like they it's it's not like it doesn't it doesn't look like it was like a fan film it still felt like it fit into the mandalorian it felt like it fit into the mandalorian world it felt like it fit into the overall structure of the series it wasn't just just i i don't know i thought it looked cool it felt like a like a like a spanish western like yeah and uh type shit that's actually kind of that's a good and so 
yeah, I, I liked it. I really appreciated yeah. Robert Rodriguez coming in apparently the last minute and directing arguably one of the best episodes of yeah. the show. I'm curious who they would have had direct this one originally. I honestly, when I saw Robert Rodriguez was directing an episode, I figured he was going to be like the Taika Waititi last season and come in to direct the finale and he'd be like the big Hollywood director. But I guess that I, I'm assuming that John Favreau will probably direct the finale now. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so Moff Gideon comes and then they're, you know, gunning down troopers. And then the dark troopers from two episodes ago come in and they're basically Iron Men. And they take Grogu, who's sleeping after connecting with the Force. And they take him and they put him on the ship. And then, yeah. So Baby Yoda's been kidnapped. I mean, Grogu. Yeah, that's and yeah. Grogu got kidnapped. And now Mando has to break out Bill Burr's character from last season. Because yes. I forget his name. And like, uh, Mayfield. Yeah, Mayfield, I think. So I'm assuming that they're putting together another team to try and go after Moff Gideon. And yeah, it the seasons. I mean, all right. Firstly, I personally love the anthology-esque, like adventure a week type thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's building to like a three-episode arc for the end of the season. But that's fine because that's usually what like the Clone Wars did, like like Star Wars, the Clone Wars, and I know Rebels did it, where like it would have like two to three episode arcs or like single episode uh, adventures. That's what this show does. I mean, there's only eight episodes this time around, but I thought it. But I do like where it's going because I don't know where it's going. Like, I don't under, I don't know, like, and I, I, I don't think it's going to happen, but like either Grogu could, I don't think he's going to die because I don't know if they're going to go there and ruin like potentially their moneymaker of a character. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of wasted uh, merch. <laughs> but I do think that they could, I do, I saw a picture and it would be kind of cool if, uh, because there's this whole like, you know, there's fear involved and everything. Maybe Grogu kind of slips over to the dark side and then Grogu becomes more of an antagonist instead of and then maybe like mando and him have to be like because i feel like star wars is all about while it's about the battle of good and evil it's also about like the tragedy of like a father son or a family like kind of having to betray each other and like have to make the hard decisions so like that feels like it could be somewhere that it goes that's also the disney like storytelling model where you have a, a villain who is like a, or it's like a secret villain or someone who betrayed you yeah i mean like nearly every pixar movie does some form of that. pixar i mean like loki is probably loki. the biggest marvel villain in the mcu like he's kind of an anti-hero but originally he was thor's brother who then became yeah. a villain like it feels like that's kind of where they could go i don't know if they're gonna go there but also like we, dave filoni and john favreau dave filoni and john favreau though have shown that they're willing to i don't know i mean if anything dave filoni is very george lucas influenced i mean he's kind of like been yeah. he's like the one b to george lucas's one a of like yeah. star wars heads mm -hmm. like the guys who like kind of have formed this understand it the best out of any of these yeah and that's the thing that this uh the mandalorian has done well is it's taken both the prequels and the sequel trilogy yeah. a lot of the aspects that have it that aren't weren't even that well received and it's kind of made them um, relevant and also looked at a different light. Like what I'm getting at is that maybe Grogu is the thing that helps bring back Palpatine and Snoke in the end mm -hmm. with pulling his man, his uh, midichlorian count, which is another yeah. thing from the prequels that weren't really viewed in a positive light, but now mm -hmm. it's like, Oh, okay. 
And also, that's the thing I said to you was I love that Jedi, like Ahsoka Lassie episode, and like a lot of other people throughout the Star Wars franchise don't have a complete idea of what the Jedi religion is. They're either like, yeah. you know, there's Metacorian count, or it's it's something that's in the all of the um, being all living beings. Like it's it, yeah. it's it's kind of like a legitimate religion where like Christianity has a lot of different aspects, like a lot of yeah. different. Um, it's kind of one straight line that divulges into like everyone has their own little theory about what it actually is and how it yeah so that's like something that I'm really enjoying the Mandalorian furthering and making Jedi the Jedi religion feel like it's like it's got all these other layers that maybe like we don't even know about that they could delve into with yeah it's much more complex and it opens a lot of doors for storytelling instead of it just being like oh there's just these powerful guys who are cops basically that have laser swords like that's it it feels like it's getting into this whole other layer of like i would love for them to go and do a prequel eventually of like what is where did the jedi kind of come from like was there was there like a a god-esque moment where like the jedi were created like that feel like they could go there but uh Let's wrap up on Mandalorian and jump into the news real quick. Cause... One last thing I just want to shout out to this episode <laughs> is the way Robert Rodriguez was able to direct it. Like it felt like a civil war battle almost. Yeah, no, That's them running up, like that. them running up and down the hills and stuff. Yeah, like and like launching those, uh, like the cannon type things up the hill. Yeah, it felt very like you could see the influence of um, of his first, like his early indies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, no, uh, I love yeah, that. Enjoyable. Yeah, fun episode. Excited for this week. We'll talk about. We're gonna talk from then on. Uh, from for the next couple episodes, we'll talk about how the Mando season two wraps up. Which is it better than season one? Can we say it? Yeah, I would say it is. Um, I watched. Uh, I've been watching season one while season two comes out because uh, my brother is just watching it for the first time, so I'm joining with him along the ride. And I like all the episodes. But just compared to what we're dealing with now, they're way less interesting. I feel like it's also because, like, you know where it goes. And now we're kind of in this whole, like, they're yeah. they're almost, like, expanding the universe. And I have seen that people have been, like, every episode kind of feels like a backdoor pilot for another Star Wars series yeah, that they're eventually going to do. But I'm like, but it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel like it, it com- it's a complete story. And it's very, it never betrays the mandalorian story but it like gives like i would love to see ahsoka like her own her own series i would love to see bo katan's own own series um i know they're doing the bad batch animated tv show from the clone wars and i know that like i'm pretty sure i think ahsoka is going to be in that or some or babe no i think grogu is rumored to actually show up in the bad batch so like there's like they're pulling a lot of these threads that they're going to eventually connect and it seems like we're watching we're watching the future of Star Wars. We've been asking for so long for them to go outside of the Skywalker family, and now it seems like this is what they're doing. And Ahsoka yeah. seems like she's the she's the one that like everyone could be like she could be the the main character of the future of Star Wars because she's I mean she's a female. The actress is a person of color. Like it feels like they have they have they have a pretty good setup going for the future. I'm more intrigued now in the future, and I and obviously it's also television. Like I feel like that's where it's going to be. I feel like the movies are are kind of. I think Ahsoka's character like lends itself well to just like the general 
I hate this word. It feels pretentious, but like zeitgeist, like the way people feel in general now is very like breaking away from tradition. Like mm-hmm. she broke away from the Jedi and the way that like formal religion isn't as popular as it used to be. Yeah, that was the best and part. Nihilism it, the, and all those sorts of things are popular now. And apparently, I mean, I'll say that like to know Ahsoka, you have to go back and really delve into the Clone Wars. But apparently, mm-hmm. like the Clone Wars, the viewership bumped a lot after that episode last week. So like, it seems yeah, like I people are so. way more. What? I said, yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, it's. I mean, if you have it, I would recommend watching at least. Um, there's all these lists, like you know, best episodes to watch, like the most important. Mm-hmm. But I do think the whole show, like for the most part, especially after season, like midway through season two, is where it really, like, it really kicks mm-hmm. in the gear and becomes. I great. watched all of season seven. Season seven was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Mandalorian was a great episode this week. Excited for next week. Rick Fumiara. It's Rick. I know his name is Rick. Yeah, uh, he's directing it and writing it. He directed the Prison Break episode last season, which had Bill Burr in it. So I'm assuming that this week is going to... Probably a similar team-up type yeah. situation. And I'm excited that Bill Burr is coming back. Like, I just love yeah. that. Like, he's a character I didn't expect for them to pull back into the show again. Yeah, I like uh, <laughs> more space Boston. That was the best part. It was like, oh, I guess there's just Boston in space. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't we jump into the news so we can get to the hangover? Warner Brothers. Well, for, I was going to go before we jump into the big one. There's two stories. Uh, first, congratulations to Elliot Page. Yeah. That's on uh, coming out as trans. That happened last week, right? Yeah. I yeah, that was uh, Monday or Tuesday. I mean, really, really great. One of the days in the week. Great story. Uh, really happy for him. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give, like, a congratulations and, yeah. like... A- Welcome to the good guys, you know? Now you're on the winning team. Yeah. I'm uh, joking. I'm, but uh, just wanted to kind of give, like, just bring that up because I know that was a huge story last week. Yeah, no, definitely. That's big, especially for, like, an A-list. I mean, I would say... Yeah, A-list I mean, Oscar-nominated. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there aren't really that many trans actors at the forefront of Especially, or at least someone who is definitely going to help influence and comfort other people who maybe want to come out as trans, but are afraid to, this kind of gives them like, a, yeah. like, like it'll definitely, it's going to be very beneficial to a lot of people, especially uh, actors and actresses, maybe directors and just, I don't know, just people in general, like not even, not doesn't, you don't even have to be in the film industry. It's just people are going to, when people say like, Oh, actors and actresses keep their mouths shut. Like, sometimes there's you know like there's certain things where maybe like actors think they have a little bit too much influence but thing topics like this i will yeah. say um this is what very important when something like this happens for a lot of young people and a lot of just people in general who are maybe like struggling with their own identities and uh sexualities or genders and just mm-hmm. ma- making sure that um give them at least like a hey look you know he did it um, it's yeah. a very brave thing that he did, and I feel like maybe I can finally kind of be myself and let people know who I am, and I feel a little bit more comfort. So, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. I was really happy to see that. Yeah, and um, I did see, like, something. I think Netflix updated all the Umbrella Academy episodes to say Elliot Page now. Oh, yeah. And cool. he's going to still be in season three, so I'm wondering, because the character in that show is female, so I'm, I'm yeah. wondering if they're going to maybe 
write the character to be non-binary maybe her yeah, or, or i think i had read something i don't know if it was an article or like an email or whatever but um it was something about the writers like working with elliot to that's awesome like, like that's also really cool to just like i don't know take like a big show like that which it's one of netflix's bigger shows and yeah. to have that also is going to be kind of like a creatively influence help yeah. take take Elliot's uh, identity and be able to kind of take it creatively in the show and mess around a little bit with aspects. So that'll be it'll, fun. It'll be good for the show, like legacy wise and just narratively, it makes it more interesting. Yeah. I've, I haven't watched the Umbrella Academy yet, but I've heard it's really good. I've heard it's, I've yeah. heard it's, I just, you know. It's been on my list for a while. too much content. Speaking of content. Oh boy. Pretty good segue there. Where are we going? Is it a good segue? I don't know yet. Shh. I feel like we have to now, but all right, never mind. Hawkeye just added a couple actors. We'll just say that real quick. Uh, yep. Florence Pugh, who's in the Black Widow movie, which will never come out. Although <laughs> after our next story, it might be coming out sooner rather than later. Potentially the new Black Widow. Uh, I don't know her full name. I don't like, it doesn't have it in her here. character. Oh, it's Yelena Belova. Yelena yeah. Belova. Uh, and it also added Florence Pugh. Which I just said, Vera Farmiga, uh, Tony Dalton, Frappri, Alkia Cox, and Zon McLaren. Which fun story about Zon McLaren, who's who's in been in uh, Westworld season two. I actually saw him in L.A. at a coffee shop, just chilling with his bros, drinking some coffee. And uh, I was gonna go up to him and be all like, "Hey, bro, loved you in Westworld, but I didn't want to be that guy." Also, no, I loved him in Fargo. Because he was in Fargo season two, mm. which is the better Fargo, which is my favorite season of Fargo. That's the one with that's the one with, uh, that's the one with uh, Jesse Plemons and uh, Kirsten Dunst. Right, Let's go. right, and Patrick Wilson. So yeah, Hawkeye. Also, the big one was uh, that it weirdly still hasn't been confirmed by Marvel, but Haley Steinfeld is going to be Kate Bishop, who is takes over the mantle of Hawkeye from Clint Barton. Uh, it's weird that they just never kind of acknowledge it. It's kind of one of those things where it's like that that's the character she's playing. She, they haven't announced that she's in it. <laughs> oh, I but mean, she's I'll been, do it right now. I mean, I mean, she's I got been, an email about it. Well, I mean, yeah, I, it's kind yeah, of like it's, no. I mean, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like everyone knows. Yeah, there are like multiple set pictures floating around. Of I mean, it's the same thing with like Oscar Isaac for Moon Knight. He was never formally announced from marvel like marvel yeah. just does oh, this thing where... when that happened i saw something that said like they were super pissed that people uh found out early yeah i mean it seems like they're doing the thing with kate bishop but also like set photos with her and renner have been that leaked. dog have you seen that adorable golden retriever yeah i'm a big fan of the dog uh yeah. oh he's got a sick name i read it but i forget what it was bill burr yeah that's the name of the dog bill burr Bill Burark. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited for Hawkeye. Um, I don't really know what it's going to be about. Like, I don't understand like what a Hawkeye solo movie or solo series on this is going to be I mean, about, but it's I'm just definitely going to be a comedy because, uh, Reese, um, Reese Thomas is directing it. He directed multiple, uh, comedy specials like John Mulaney, Mike Birbiglia. But, but also, also like the Russo director. brothers were 
pretty big comedy directors and then i wouldn't i would i mean yeah. i mean civil war and infinity war and all them are like they're funny but they're definitely gritty action movies first and foremost yeah. so like i think well, we Marvel... also have um burton birdie directors of troop zero and birth clients thanks for coming yeah uh, so i'm curious to see what it's straight up comedy yeah so maybe it'll be a little bit more comedic it's like it's like a coming of age story so i think there's going to be some well that makes sense because Haley steinfeld's Bishop, like learning the ropes well obviously. that bumblebee which she was in was also a pretty oh, big coming sick, of age story really. yeah love bumblebee um she was really good in that and that's that is honestly more of a coming of age movie than the straight up transformers movie so and she was sick in spider-verse i she's crushing it in every and also also edge of 17 i think was the movie that she was in i never saw i never saw it but i know that it's really great and then uh great coming of age i mean like teen comedy also people forget that Haley steinfeld also is oscar nominated like which was like 12 yeah which that movie is fucking unreal like thanks for coming yeah you should if you've never seen true great you should watch it nick yeah i know it's on hbo max so you can watch it yes i can Let's jump into the big story. Speaking though. of HBO, man, 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 Max. Yeah, okay. Another big segue by me. I'm the best segueer of all guy. time. What a pro. Warner Brothers this week. Well, first, before I say the story, the past year, obviously, has been pretty crazy. Movie theaters have been shut down completely around the U.S. and also like sporadically, kind of like how it is now. In PA, where I am, I do have the ability to go to the movies. However... I just got COVID. I've also been very skeptical to go as much as I usually did. So it's been a lot tougher to see new movies. And also movies just don't come out anymore. So earlier in the year, Universal kind of shrunk their window, theatrical window to 17 days. So it would go straight to theaters where it could. And now it's coming, movies come out on PVOD, which is like, which is like the 20, um, Everyone you're just talking about that. Yeah, you're you're killing me. I'm on a fucking groove right now. Thanks. Uh PVOD where it's like twenty dollars to rent. I'm actually gonna rent with my partner tomorrow. We're gonna rent that movie Freaky starring Vince Vaughn and I think it's Catherine Newton. That's her name. Uh we're gonna rent that. That just came out on VOD after playing in theaters for the past two weeks. So I mean this year's been weird with like a lot of movie studios have kind of the theatrical window and the way that movies kind of uh, release has changed a lot. Uh, there were rumors of Bond coming out to Apple TV Plus or whatever it's called um, mm. to streaming, which would be revolutionary. I mean, that's kind of, I think that's where this is going for Bond because Warner Brothers this past week announced that entire 2021 slate and obviously the past two weeks they announced that Wonder Woman 1984 will go straight to HBO Max as well as theaters on Christmas Day and we kind of thought like okay this seems like that's where they're kind of going until they announced like two weeks later that no all every single 2021 movie released by H or released by Warner Brothers is going to go straight to HBO Max so that's 17 total movies next year not just like little movies that like the witches and like uh something like American Pickle which was bought by hbo max from sony no like these movies are let me i'm gonna read the movies off and you'll get an idea all right so the suicide squad the matrix 4 dune godzilla versus kong space jam a new legacy little things which i think is the new um no that's not i don't the little little things is a 
I think it's the Denzel Washington um, grimy crime movie. Uh, Jude is in the Black Messiah, which uh, is a Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Stanfield. Oh yeah, that one. Stan- Stanford, Stanfield. Stanfield. I always fuck that up. Okay. T- Tom and Jerry, Mortal Kombat, Those Who Wish Me Dead, the new Ta- Taylor Sheridan movie, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which is the third Conjuring movie, In the Heights, which is the new Lin Manuel oh, Miranda movie, which was like that was supposed to come out this month. Yeah. And got that pushed to next December. That trailer gets me <laughs> so hype every time. I know. It's going to be unreal. Rem- Reminiscence. I don't 100% know what that movie is. Never Malignant. The Many Saints of Newark, which is the Sopranos prequel movie. Mm. King Richard, which is a Will Smith starring movie about oh, Venus, yeah. Venus and Serena Williams' father. I remember when that script was on the blacklist a couple years ago. Yeah. And Cry Macho, which I don't 100% know. But, I mean, those are big movies coming straight to a streaming service, which you can yeah. spend $15 on a month. Like, if those have – a lot of those are pretty high budget. Yeah. Here's the other thing. All right. There's a lot of implications here, and we're going to kind of try to be quick about it so we can go into the – I don't want to spend too much time on this. But, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of, a lot of big-time movies here. A lo- uh, it's pretty – it's insane because – you would think like the way that they would go about it, it would be like, oh, they're going to put these movies in theaters for, I don't know, a week, maybe two. Like uh, what like Universal is doing, but no, they're actually going to have HBO Max get the exclusive one month window along with it premiering in theaters. Mm-hmm. So it kind of almost creates this, um, what's the word? Like this artificial necessity to watch something with like, okay, I have to watch it in this month span or else I'm not going to be able to watch it on HBO Max until like mm-hmm. later, I'm assuming it's going to come back on HBO Max after it kind of beats out its theatrical window. So from the sound of it, yeah. it comes out on HBO Max and premieres in theaters. You have a month to watch it on HBO Max and then it leaves HBO Max, stays in theaters, kind of like trying to round out some extra money for people who maybe want to go see it again in theaters. Uh especially something like Dune or The Suicide Squad or The Matrix, which are movies that are probably like people who are fans are probably going to want to go see more than once. And especially in like IMAX or Dolby uh, cinemas or whatever. Um, And then it'll come back on HBO Max. And like also apparently it goes from HBO Max, it'll go to on demand. So like you can spend like 20 or 30 bucks to rent it. But then people will be like, wow, I could have just spent... um, or maybe even six or seven, I don't know. Like it might just be normal on-demand prices, but then people might be like, okay, I should have just paid for HBO Max. So then it'll get HBO Max more subscribers. And also what happens is like pretty much there's going to be a new big blockbuster-y movie a month next year, maybe even two. So like it's going to make people not want to just keep like getting rid of their subscription and then resubscribing when a new one comes out, they want like people kind of have, there's like this analytic thing with um, media subscription services that are like, like something like Disney plus, like there's not really that much new content on there besides the Mandalorian, but people just don't get rid of it. Cause it's got like, oh, seven bucks a month. There's a lot of movies to watch. Same with Netflix, same with like, um, yeah. there's HBO. a lot of stuff with rewatch value too. Yeah, so like people just don't get rid of it, so it keeps, so it helps build more money intake mm-hmm. for them, especially. And now HBO Max is going to have the added benefit of like, oh, let me think. Uh, the Many Seats of Newark comes out in March. Okay, uh, I really want to watch that. Oh, The Suicide Squad comes out in like May or June. 
Oh, well, I mean, that's two months. It's only 15 bucks. Uh, there's a, like, um, I want to watch Game of Thrones again. So then like, it's kind of going to keep like, it's, it's a really smart ploy for them to, to kind of build their streaming uh, numbers. And also just like, I don't know, the game has shifted. And I think this is going to be what happens for now on in terms of like, how the industry is going to because there's no way like once you open up the bottle there's no way that they're going to be able to just like be like all right now you have to go back to the theaters again like yeah it's hard to like they say it's a one-year plan but no but there's no way they don't have. well there's that there's that little bit of um we'll reevaluate like yeah we're gonna reevaluate the only way it's not like this is if like they don't get a lot of new subscribers and like it doesn't really do anything but that's not true like it's going to help a lot yeah I just don't see a world where that doesn't happen. And then um, the thing, the way that this kind of plays out is like, I do think No Time to Die is going to end up on a streaming service now. I do think that there's going to be a couple other bigger movies like like Venom 2, like is going to end up on a streaming service now or on demand. Like, I think that all those movies next year are going, there's going to be a way for people to go see it in theaters, but also they're going to have the ability to watch it at home one way or another because... Warner Brothers basically said we don't expect the world to be, or we don't expect America to be up and up and going, like being able to do kind of like group activities again for the first half of the year. And then, like I said, once you kind of open this up, I don't think it's going back. Like, I, I think this is it. Like, I think that the film industry has shifted. Like, I think this is the ultimate, yeah. like, so yeah. And I, I'm, I'm personally, I originally was one of those, like, the theatrical experience must survive, but I don't know. Like, I've watched a lot of movies at home. I own a 65-inch Samsung 4K TV. Like, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, I I paid a lot of my, you know, it was expensive. It's not like, but uh, it's really nice looking. Uh, Netflix, HBO Max with Wonder Woman will finally start streaming in 4K. Like, I have these really nice headphones that i use to watch movies like it's i have the ability like it's never going to compete with the theatrical experience but at the same time the thing that i think that matters the most is warner brothers is giving you the option as long as you're able to go like in your state if they're open but like they're not saying like you have to watch at home yeah like they're and a lot of theaters are mad but like they they have to take what they can get because at this point there's just they're not getting any outside help from like the government or anything which is a whole other thing yeah. that I could talk about but the, the I think the studios have done all they can to try to help the theatrical experience but now they kind of have to be like if we wait any longer we're going to be in the same boat so I mean yeah I'm excited personally I mean I'm really happy that on Christmas day I get to wake up and I can fucking you know get a little eggnog going and fuck up some wonder woman 84 and then go right to disney plus and watch soul okay, i get two yeah, big time movies day. yeah we'll be dummied for the most of it uh yeah so that's the hbo max news the film ministry has shifted in my opinion i really don't think this is the death of the theatrical experience though like i do yeah, think people are gonna definitely gonna be a turning point though but i think people are gonna still like want to go to the movies i think it's gonna turn into broadway a little bit like i think it's just gonna be yeah. kind of like an event where people kind of go out but i don't know like this has been kind of it's been bleeding for a couple of years so mm-hmm. it's this is just this pandemic has kind of ex, expediated like something that we kind of knew was coming i just didn't expect like warner brothers to be like oh you know the, like the matrix for that movie that you've been looking forward to for 20 years yeah like hey you're gonna get to watch it 
at home next year. Like, like, and also 16 other big budget movies like Dune, which is like probably $250 million. (laughs) You can watch that at home. Like, I didn't expect to get like, it was like a big, like, oh, wow. Like, like I figured like, oh, everyone was like, oh, uh, Tom and Jerry might go to streaming. No, everything is. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's jump into our main topic. What do tigers dream of when they take a little tiger snooze? Do they dream of mauling zebras or Halle Berry in her catwoman suit? Don't you striped head we're gonna get you back to tyson and your cozy tiger bed and then we're gonna find our best friend doug and then we're gonna give him a best friend hug but if he's been murdered by crystal meth tweakers well then we're shit out of luck which is uh, our movie of the week, which we're going to discuss. It is the 2009 Todd Phillips directed comedy, uh, The Hangover. I, uh, let me see, I have some info pulled up on here about it. It won an Oscar for uh, greatest movie ever made. Yep. (laughs) All right. It, uh, it is was directed by Todd Phillips. It was written by John Lucas and Scott Moore. Uh, it was a $35 million budget movie, and it made $469.3 million, which is insane. That's cash. For an R-rated movie. Uh, I, I do much these days. Well, I do think... Um, yeah, it was the ninth highest grossing film of 2009 in the u.s the 10th highest grossing movie in the world and it was the highest grossing r-rated comedy ever in the united states which was previously held by beverly hills cop 25 years ago but um i do think i thought it was i thought it was a little bit higher but actually um in terms of like highest grossing r-rated movies ever it's not it's not even close. Like the Passion of Christ was still. <laughs> I thought that it was a little bit higher, but it is the so highest. What, is gr- what? What is it? What's what is the, the ranking, though? It's the Passion of the Christ, Deadpool, American Sniper, it, The Matrix Reloaded, which is the second Matrix movie, and then The Hangover. So it's number six. Yeah, that's pretty fucking big, though. No, I know it's big. I just thought it was higher. I thought it was like number three or four. American Sniper being up there is ridiculous. It's like the one movie that you don't expect to do yeah. that. I mean, never underestimate the power of Clint. patriotism in the South. And Clint Eastwood. Yeah, and guns. That is true. I saw um I saw it in theaters with my dad and I remember it being like a full theater and I was like, This is insane. And you would think you're seeing the Avengers. No, I just broke into the mic. I heard that. It was great. Sick. Um yeah. So the hangover uh i'm just gonna come out and say it i've seen this movie probably 10 
11 times. It's yeah, one it's of one the of my f- most watched movies of all yeah, time. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. It's what 11 years old. It still holds up wonderfully. Yeah. Um, not even a couple, just a couple lines that are a little like eh, they probably wouldn't fly today. It, it, but, but no, for like, the most part, I yeah, meant in like terms 90s. of just I meant in terms of just like story and like oh, overall yeah, like yeah. yeah like there's a couple lines like obviously that are like a little dated but for the most part like it, but even those don't feel like they're you're something where you're kind of just like you're like whoa that's bad you're just kind of like Meh. it's nothing that it's nothing like truly cancelable yeah it's just like uh they're ridiculous crass characters yeah um that's the thing i always say about movies when people are like oh dude that wouldn't fly today i'm like but also like these characters like they're just not great people so like it's just like yeah. it feels like something that they would say uh yeah no it's definitely in character the um it's appropriate for the time for it being like a comedy it's also just like a really well directed movie something i noticed right off the bat um yeah. i mean todd phillips is definitely a really good visual director which he showed with like uh i think war dogs yeah is I like a re- war dogs I like that movie a lot and also like it's a really well shot movie. Uh Joker obviously won best cinematography. So like that's I mean that's a wonderful movie. Um and but this comp like it it just like obviously like it shows it takes place in Vegas for the most part and it just makes mm-hmm. Vegas look really nice and I don't know honestly really Every pretty. time I've been to Vegas like I just think about that movie. I play yeah. um Live Your Life yeah, I play Live Your Life and the Kanye song. Wait till I get my money right, whatever it's called. Um, I know yeah. what you're talking yeah. Those uh, two songs are just like synonymous with Vegas now, I think, for most um, kids who grew up in the suburbs <laughs> in that era. Uh, yeah, it, um, I mean, it's a really well-directed movie, really well-written um the characters obviously are iconic especially zach galifianakis's alan character yeah, i mean it's a career defining performance we were t- we were talking we were talking about that uh you're very alan minus being a total psychopath your vocabulary <laughs> fits very yeah, i mean obviously yeah, drunk driving, like delivery of most things i say yeah I drunk driving influence from that. classic i mean that's like your most said line you, to clarify, you don't actually think drunk driving is classic. Like you don't think it's a good thing. You I just, don't, but I do say driving drunk classic. Yeah, you don't lot. think you wouldn't recommend driving drunk. Yeah. I um. Mean, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 No, yeah. I would not. That's yeah, that's yeah. the right right thing to say. I think that pause kind of. <laughs> I think I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> night, uh, I actually was just reading before we jump a little bit more into just discussing the movie. Uh, when I said that John Lucas and Scott Moore wrote it, actually Todd Phillips and Jeremy Garlick, they actually rewrote the script to include both the tiger and the baby and the police cruiser and Mike Tyson. So that wasn't originally in the script. Wow. Those are some pretty iconic moments. I know. I and uh, the original script was, Apparently, the executive producer, Chris Bender, his friend disappeared and had a large bill after being sent to a strip club. So they were like, probably make it. Also, that's, yeah, that's the craziest part about this is like, all right, three friends, you know, their one friend goes missing and they're hungover and they're just trying to piece together their night. The fact that like 
I mean, there's movies that have done something along those lines. Like, there's obviously been, like, ah, Drunk Night, like, did something crazy. But for the most part, like, this movie's pretty original. And the fact that it wasn't written before, like, no one took the opportunity. Like, it's, it's movies like this where you're just like, wow, I totally wish I had that idea. Like, it's really easy. Yeah. Like, but also, it's one of those movies where, like, everything has to come into, like, Bradley Cooper before he's, like, acclaimed actor Bradley Cooper. Like, it's, yeah, like, he's he still really kind blew of, up after this. Yeah, he's, like, super kind of dickhead Bradley Cooper character. Like, yeah. uh, Ed Helms, like, I think, was he on The Office at this point? Yeah, this was when Andy went to anger management so he could shoot The Office. Or so he could shoot the hangover. Okay, that's and he then left uh, the office because he went, yeah. You know and then Zach Galifianakis was just, I mean, obviously, like this yeah, was just his this was his movie, I would say. Like it's an ensemble, but like everyone was like on Alan Mania after this. Um yeah. weirdly one, going into this movie, Justin Bartha was the only one I knew because of National Treasure. Yeah, and Justin Bartha's like ro- like got fucked over in like this entire in this entire trilogy. Yeah. Like like there isn't like one where like oh dude doug finally got his moment like now nah, like then the second yeah. one doug's just like fuck this i'm not getting drunk with you guys yeah. <laughs> uh another crazy fact about this movie is it was nominated for best uh musical or comedy at the golden globe best motion picture uh, which it, makes it earned that in that category oh no it won it didn't oh, get no- one yeah. yeah did it get nominated for any oscars i don't think so Nah, it didn't. Unless there's one for, like, the tiger. Like, best animal work. I mean, I thought maybe it could have got, like, a best original screenplay, but this isn't, this isn't, like, I don't know. It's, it, comedies back then were pretty, pretty, they weren't super, like, into giving genre movies nominations as much. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that this movie, like I said, it holds up really well in terms of just I think just like overall plot, I mean, like I've seen this movie, I saw this movie when it came out on DVD, I rented it, but like even watching it this time, it just puts me in a good mood. It makes me happy. There's so many iconic quotes, so many iconic lines. Um, Yeah, it informed so much of my vocabulary. That's true. Comedic sensibilities that I have now. It's really well paced. Like I feel like it cuts out, it, it has the perfect amount of like, it, it doesn't show it cuts to the next morning after they all you know take the shots on the roof mm-hmm. and then um instead of you kind of seeing like a montage it knows to like it knows to be like all right we're gonna see through these characters eyes like they gotta yeah. find out what happened the uh, the night and like pieces the, things together almost like a like a whodunit or a mystery no it's directed kind of like a like a mystery which was like that's really smart uh which like even like it's this is the most comedic of the franchise i'd say because i think they get darker and honestly i think we're only gonna do the first one because like i like number two i think it's yeah. okay I uh, it's you, you and i talking. personally really like number three maybe honestly we yeah. could do that one because like that one would actually be really interesting to talk about since yeah, that's just provide not, a summary for the second i mean it's not even a comedy like the third one is actually straight up like thriller like it's yeah, like it very much felt like a like a modern crime movie <laughs> yeah um, it's like, like it, casino was made in 2013 or whenever it came out like it is really funny but it also just like it's very dark and like people die in the third one which i remember yeah. like being like all right 
maybe we'll do the third one. Like now I'm thinking about it. Like the third one could actually be an interesting okay, discussion. Give me some poggers in the chat if you want us to do the third one. <laughs> That's what people do on podcasts, right? Yes. Uh but I mean, um yeah, and I think like the whole ending scene with like they find Doug, like the revelation's really smart. It feels it doesn't feel like out of left field. Like it feels like, oh shit, like that makes a lot of sense. And also like it's very foreshadowed throughout the whole movie. Like so then it almost like feels like a whodunit or like a mystery yeah. movie like twist. And then uh the whole the my one of my favorite scenes, I think one of the underrated ones is the drive back. Yeah, when, like, that's a pretty tux, sick sequence. Like when the Tux guys are like in the band, they're just like, "Hey, Alan!" And Alan's like, "Alan's," they're like, that's "Who was that?" <laughs> that's my buddy. And it's just like, is, "Are there Tux services out there that like offer you like drive-by Tuxes?" There probably is at like some college that where like some kids have to do a startup for a project. But no, something I was thinking about that. when they were getting dressed, I was like, "Did they get fucking tailored?" <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like right? how the, They're probably all off the rack. Fit like shit. Um uh, now they fit they fit pretty well when they fucking walk yeah, in. Yeah, no, they look like tail studs. <laughs> so, what is it? What is uh what do they say when they walk in right before the wedding? They're like took a wrong turn or took the scenic uh, we, route. We took a crazy route. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh quest took us on a crazy route. Um, and then Jeffrey Tambor comes up and he's just like Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean, we can't talk about this movie without talking about probably the most uh the second best performance in the movie, Mr. Mike Tyson. Uh Yeah, the man does it all. Who yeah, fought this weekend actually or last weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Big win for him there. Actually, I'm pretty sure they they had a draw. Uh, oh yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but he totally deserved the win. That that post fight like interview where they were just standing next to each other was hilarious oh he was like dude i'm fried like he was fried like he was yeah. all like yeah i took a fucking He's like bit. i smoked a joint before i smoked a joint i'm gonna smoke a joint after like yeah guys just doesn't give a fuck you know i respect and he, made, and he made a shit ton of money well yeah why else would you do that as a 50 something year old man because you're just in it for the love of the game yeah um, i shouldn't say i respect it about Mike Tyson. He did some bad shit, right? I, mean, I don't know what it is, but I think he did some bad shit. I mean, I'll send you the quote. The one quote he has, but it's... Uh, yeah, he, it's not great. He's uh, said some pretty bad things. Oh, yikes. Uh, anyway, back to... But in this movie, he's great. For him being, like, kind of a goofball, like, weird personality in real life he fits into this movie pretty well he actually has good comedic self-aware well he has good comedic timing in this movie and obviously the in the air tonight and he just whacks out that's a classic i know like 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 not to not like oh it's classic like that literally is one of the most referenced scenes in a movie from my generation and i remember uh i actually rewound that the scene like three times like when that happens because he's just like yeah. quiet quiet it's the best part of the song right here yeah and they're just like yo i want you to sing it with me and you can tell like alan's dude's like oh log yeah uh yeah i don't know i mean this movie i don't even know like what else we could say about it it's Good well, movie. Shot, well shot well directed i mean there's the entire movie honestly like i don't think there's a mo- moment in the movie that could be cut out i think it perfectly i think it's like the perfect uh modern comedy yeah i bet uh the employees of caesar palace hate it though 
because now they will never stop getting asked. Is I've heard that was. I heard, I've heard that was. I remember. I think when it came out, there was like a, there was something, like some type of article, or it was some type of like Caesar's Palace said like they yeah. took like a number down of like how many times they were asked that, and yeah, it was like sure. some outrageous number. I don't know. Vegas has kind of changed since then. Like it's not well, really yeah, the it's certainly different right now. Well, yeah, but it also like isn't the. I feel like this was like the last great Vegas movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, there aren't really. It's not really the, as big of a setting for uh, movies because I, I mean, mean I feel kind of was the quintessential Vegas movie. Yeah, I mean the the other only other one I can think of is uh, Casino. Yeah. <laughs> but that movie's like not really like it doesn't make Vegas look hot, <laughs> even though it's yeah, Scorsese. it's not. I mean, it has its fun like. <clears throat> needle drop moments but uh it's not the way the hangover makes it look fun yeah a lot of really kind of bad shit happens to these guys in this movie and yet you still are like i would love to do that yeah um all right so the hangover let's do i'm gonna do three topics we're gonna rattle off both all of our moments first favorite moment from the hangover okay okay that uh, you know what yeah just go into that what's your favorite moment i wish i knew that was a question beforehand uh probably alan's speech on the roof i think i aspire to make a speech like that i think you gave that at a hockey tournament one time like word for word i did yeah i'm pretty sure you oh oh i totally did yeah yeah i totally remember that now yeah but uh yeah, like every time you like have like a weekend out with the boys or whatever, and uh, you just—that's your source of inspiration. That's where you get hype. Yeah, you've also like literally have cut your hand and been like, "Be my blood brother," and I've been yeah. like, "Put it away, Alan." <laughs> These things happen. <laughs> um, uh, that's a good one. That is definitely like top, probably top five for me. But my favorite is um, it's. I don't know. I love the scene with Eddie. Yeah, Eddie's sick. Yeah, he's just like he's like he's you beast. you beautiful bastard. Like is he supposed to be cuz I know that Brian um Callen, I think his name is the comedian. He uh, he's not. He's just an American. Is he supposed to be like vaguely middle eastern I think or Greek? Which like kind of has its own problems. I would want to say yeah. Greek cuz if he's Greek, then you can get away with it as a white guy, I think, a little more than if, yeah. you know. Yeah, tough to say, but Eddie is a classic <laughs> character, very lovable, good guy. I don't think yeah, he just that just, just the whole scene when uh, when he's like, I waited my whole life for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and also, then he, I want to give honorable mention to the uh, the taser scene in the. That was just. I was thinking that I was gonna. That's say one that. of the like most iconic parts of the movie. Sometimes you gotta give these big boys second jolt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's like one of Rob Riggle's like best. That yeah. and Twenty One Jump Street are the two things I think of when I think of Rob. Yeah, Riggle. definitely. Uh, but yeah, just the whole like, um, the the little kid who like has like the stare off with that. He's like, all right. Number two, the moment in the movie that you wish you could have seen in the crowd with the theater, like in a the theater crowd. 
Oh, like for the first time again? Yeah. Um, like I didn't get to see this in theaters. I saw it on like a DVD, so I didn't. I probably. Didn't get... Oh, I think I I can't remember if I saw it in theaters or not. I either saw it in theaters or I saw it in, uh, like the team van going up to Lake Placid with my Pee Wee team. Uh, but I would say, Mister Chow jumping out of the car. Because there's no replacement for that shock the first time it happens. And also, like, you're assuming that it's going to be Doug. And you're assuming yeah. the movie's going to yeah. go in, like, a kind of semi-straight direction. And then you're yeah, just like, who's this Nobody predicted uh, a little Chinese man. Who's full noon shows Bush, yeah. by the way. Yeah, shows shows Cock shows, and all. Yeah, the, that was the biggest. <laughs> you're going to fuck on me? I hate Godzilla. I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, oh, wait, is Mr. Chow Japanese? No, he's Chinese. That's okay. the fun. That's the joke. Okay. Of it. Oh, Alan was just wrong. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I, I, that's a good one because I wasn't thinking that. I was flat out. I mean, the fucking. Like, I know it sucks because, like, the whole movie's great, but the credits. I mean, yeah, uh, it's a classic I've, montage. I've heard from people that were able to see it that like that is that was the, somehow the funniest moment of the movie, and yet like it's the credits, all time credits moment, just like being relevant to the plot of the movie, and also all time song drop of "Right Round" by oh, Flo Rida, yeah. like all timer. And then they tried to do it again, the second one with another Flo Rida song, which is like good a good song, but like. It's not the same as right rounds. Yeah, not quite that level. Um, and I remember the part where you're seeing Alan getting a blowjob, and you're like, "Holy shit!" Like that's his. You're thinking like, "Is that actually his dick?" I think it's supposed to be a prosthetic, but it's still like very shocking. Yeah. Uh, all right, and then the third one that I'll, and then we can wrap up on the Hangover because I think we've said a lot of stuff. Is um, yeah. I feel like this is hard because I was going to ask, but which character do you see yourself as? But I mean, it's Alan. Like probably, like I definitely vibe with Phil because he went. He carried my hockey bag. You know what I'm doing? Did he? Yeah, uh, I didn't tell you that story before. Wait, Bradley? No. <laughs> yeah. So when I went to GA when I was a freshman, I was on the hockey team, and one day I forgot to bring my hockey bag to school. What a genius! And Bradley Cooper, an alum of the school, was giving a surprise like Q&A at our assembly that day. What year was this? Uh, 2010. So it was right after The Hangover. He was oh, huge. shit. So this was like star of The Hangover, Bradley Cooper, yeah, will be at our like school. Almost exactly 10 years ago. It was like early winter, late fall. Dude, that's sick. How, um, come, how have I never so, heard this story before? I don't know. My mom brought my, my bag to school. It was like 10 in the morning or something. School had been going on for a little while. And he was arriving at the same time as she was, and she was carrying my hockey bag in. And as you know, did she know it was Bradley huge. Cooper? Yeah, she knew exactly what was going on. Oh, okay. And so she was like carrying this big ass goalie bag in, and he's like behind her. He's like, "You want some help with that?" And she turned around and saw him, and she was like, "Sure." She's like, and, "Sure, Phil." Uh, yeah, and so <laughs> Phil carried my bag all the way to the locker room. That is fucking awesome. And I didn't know until I got home the next day. Or, Dude, or that, that, night, that is sick like yeah. flat out like yo hook us up call bradley tell him we got a script all right yeah and the, well what sucks is that i missed the assembly because we had hockey and we had to leave for an away game oh, dude, what the fuck? i mean but i guess look, that makes it kind of serendipitous look, i mean your your mom's you know doing really well right now 
Scott, are, are, this is really shitty because you're like my best bud and everything, but <laughs> are her and Robert, are they married? Not officially. Like, okay, they right. live together for a while now. Okay, well, like, and, wedding. Well, so is he like her husband technically? Yeah, she calls him that when like she talks to. Okay, the well, like she's doing really well. Like, obviously, great. Uh, it's uh, great and everything, but your mom, there was a chance. Yeah, Bradley Cooper should have been my stepdad. Which, like, yo, we'd be doing pretty fucking sick right now. All right. Yeah. Bradley Cooper could have been our fucking hockey coach. Yeah. He could have been. He could have did. And the then mo- we could have made a movie about Bradley Cooper being our hockey coach. And then he could have put the glasses on, walked out of the rink, and then like, don't talk to me. It's fucking weekend. <laughs> All right. I don't know you. Like, yo. And then he could have gotten his fucking Porsche. And that there wasn't a Porsche, right? It was a nice car. I don't know and what he, it was. And he was like, yo, pull away before one of these fucking nerds tries to talk to me. Oh, and wait, and wait, the nerd would have been me. Yeah, it was a Mercedes. That's yeah. what it was. Uh, or the Benz, yeah. yeah. Um, that's sick, dude. That's actually like that. This whole talking about the hangover was worth it for that story alone. Because now, like. I'm glad we put a nice little bow on it with that. Yeah. So uh, I recommend The Hangover to anyone who has – if all right, if you haven't seen The Hangover yet, you're fucking – What do you, like, live under a stupid rock or something? Yeah, like I don't know anyone who hasn't. We're just literally talking about The Hangover because we needed something – we need something heartwarming to come back from my battle with COVID. We need a feel-good moment. Honestly, every day waking up with COVID felt like what fucking happened – to them in the beginning of the movie like yeah. i i woke up i would wake up at like 1 30 and be like i would hear that that uh that song popping in my head and i would be looking around and i would look and i there'd be a chicken there was a yeah. chicken that was, moment of them recounting the night trying to figure it out is pretty funny too because it's just it's so relatable oh no okay i take that back funniest moment of the movie okay this is straight up is fucking uh alan jerking off baby carlos yeah that was such a big moment for my comedy career yeah like that like that moment and it still holds up and like you can totally tell i'm pretty sure ed helms and bradley cooper like didn't expect it yeah and they're definitely laughing laughs yeah like no and and uh ed helms like let's add a little like and he goes like not funny like he goes like he like definitely like him not trying to break character which is like and to me, like, I think that's peak comedy. That's all it takes for me. And, like, that's yeah, that's all it takes is a little baby pretend jerking off. Yeah, a little baby yanking his crank is the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. Um, okay. Hangover. Epic comedy. Yeah, that's all I got to say about that. And that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. We can wrap this episode up with our pitches uh i don't know if you're scrolling to your phone right now because you're yeah, bored of me or you're trying to find your pitch yeah i'm trying to find one i was hoping it was that one you can start i have to find mine so right. ki- kill the time i'm gonna do something wild but right now i just need you to say fucking send it F- fucking send it oh god what a maniac all right, let's see what I got in my notes. Fucking send it. <laughs> Fucking send it. Farted. Fucking send it. Okay, I have a short one. It's like, yeah, yeah I'll keep it pretty tight. Basically, I was reading Jeff's um, 
grad school application when he was telling the story about when he ran for middle school or no fifth grade senate like student council or whatever yeah and it just gave me this idea for like a political drama set in an elementary school um and like obviously it's a comedy and probably animated um just make it animated anyway because why not yeah sure and that way um adults can voice the characters and we don't have to rely on some genius child actors like big mouth exactly um yeah so i don't really know where i would go with that show but i think it would be pretty funny to do like these children who are actually in charge of their school and like secretly running the show I don't know. Little genius kids who are like snarky are always funny to me. It's a pretty lame pitch and kind of boring, but we're just getting back into it. So, you know, give me a break. I think every single one you've given has been short, except for like one. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I don't want to like do too much because I don't want to take up too much time, you know. No, you don't want to give away a good idea because then there's also that. Later on, when when we're looking for a fucking career. Uh, a career jumping yeah. idea to yeah, make, to make, to make, to make <laughs> I mean, we've talked about this before. I'm pretty sure like it becomes our domain. If we say it on our produced product, like I don't think Probably, someone can yeah. steal our idea. I'm pretty sure we no, we have a pretty good argument in court to say that yeah, this was our it's idea. All dated. Sign and dated. You're fucked. If you try to steal my epic idea, which I'm about to give. Oh boy, I can't wait to hear it. So, jumping off of uh, this week's Mando episode from director Robert Rodriguez, we were talking earlier in the week, and we were talking about how um, we know Machete, the character, is uh, in the Spy Kids universe, because there's a new Sharkboy and Lava Girl sequel coming out, um, which is insane, by the way. That, like, I didn't know that until, like, last week. Yeah. But uh, you said, uh, isn't there a theory that Machete is a part of the Tarantino universe as well? And I was like, wouldn't it be sick if Sharkboy and Lava Girl were connected to Tarantino? And I said something along the lines of like, wouldn't it be sick if there was a Spy Kids and the Vega Brothers movie? <laughs> and then, yes. so I'm going to pitch my Spy Kids and the Vega Brothers movie. So uh, it's been, I don't know, 10 years since Spy Kids three because spy kids four didn't count okay uh the one with sly as the villain yeah i know what you're talking about and in it um you know junie's kind of graduated to be like a fucking top tier agent his sister uh she um fuck, what the hell is the sister's name i'm glad you came prepared uh, uh alexa Vegas. the yeah, that's her last name. Yeah, I know. I'm looking it up. Her name is Cortez Cortez. I mean, it's possible. Um. Anyway, so she's retired and Carmen Cortez. Car- okay, Carmen's Carmen's retired. She's a mother, and uh, they have to. And Junie's kind of like you know he's been gearing up. He's gonna marry Megan Trainer, and. <laughs> Because in real life, he's actually married to Megan Trainer. <laughs> if you didn't know that. Uh, 
and no and not like literally megan trainers in the movie because okay <laughs> i don't know it's like it'd be funny to be like hey like it's funny for all like six people who know that he's married to megan trainer uh really builds a builds a audience for us i like it and uh junie's junie's you know he's at a bar and he sees motherfucking marcellus wallace just chilling in the corner and it turns out that vincent and uh damn it not doing a good job pitching but i i forget uh oh vic vic and vincent Vic and Vincent are in the corner and they're getting a they're getting a job. And I'm assuming this is before Colt wait, no, that wouldn't make sense because then It couldn't possibly be before Pulp Fiction. <laughs> the kids would be embryos at best. Well, but also Vincent dies in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> hey man, alternate history. Fuck it. Keep going. No right. no breaks on this train. Actually, hold on. I got it. So Vic and Vincent, uh come back and they're on like a last job and Junie accidentally spills his beer on Vic Uh-oh. and pisses Vic off and he's like I'm gonna fucking kill you you stupid fuck and then turns out to get to Junie he fucking kills Megan Trainer. oh god so then it becomes just this revenge mission with a lot of Robert Rodriguez music in it. A lot of, of a lot of Spanish rock and Tarantino's in it. And he sucks. The entire toe. score is done and by Carlos Santana. And, and, Tar- and Tarantino sucks toes in it. Well, yeah. What else is he going to do? Uh, <laughs> and uh, this isn't the greatest pitch, but I'm also getting back to it. But I just thought like the idea was funny and I'm just kind of seeing where I go with it. It's a hilarious idea. So it turns out at the end to play back in that Vic Vincent was made by the toy maker oh. from fucking Sly. He's made by Sly as a clone. And then uh Bill Paxton would be in it if he wasn't, I guess wasn't RIP. Well see no, it could CGI him in. And Boom, easy. And nice. then he he they all just have an Avengers level fight at the end. I don't know. And then uh me is there. Cause I don't know. You gotta get in with Thurman. And, I don't know. We're just bringing all the characters from Rodriguez and from uh Oh Mia from Pulp Fiction. Yeah, we're getting all the oh, okay, all okay, the Tarantino characters and the Rodriguez characters all gonna be in it. There's fucking vampires and Kurt Russell's in it. <laughs> As the guy from Death Proof, yeah, <laughs> and uh, all the zombies from Planet Terror, and Shark Boy and Lava Girl, and then I start a whole universe of and maybe Boba Fett can show up because that's a Robert Rodriguez property too now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if they're in the same universe, but I'm sure we could talk it out with Johnny Fabs. I'm sure he's willing to give out. A... Yeah, he's pretty chill. He'll he'll collab with us. Yeah, I think he's going to give out uh, the rights to his characters pretty easily as long as we ask nicely. Yeah, so uh, there's my Spy Kids versus the Vega Brothers. That was pretty money. Oh, and then don't forget, obviously Antonio Banderas is in it. I mean, obviously. That's Puss in Boots. (laughs) Actually, I kind of like that. Live action. Just an orange cat. (laughs) With Antonio Banderas' face. With a hat crudely taped onto his head. But he's wearing Zorro's hat. Yeah, yeah, it's still that hat, but it's it's just horribly played. No, you could, no, you know he just played Zoro, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's the black Zoro hat, and it's 
Puss in, is Puss in Boots just Zorro? I thought he was supposed to be like, I thought they were related. Oh, anyway, I don't know. He's in the movie too. So right. yeah, um, I think that's the end of the episode. I think for the most part, for us trying to stay on a pretty standard outline, we did a pretty good job. Yeah, and um, this episode is brought to you by uh, Canadian grass-fed beef. And uh, if you use promo code Nick, you figure out how to spell it, you can steal from any Canadian grocery store. Uh, yes, I second that sponsorship. Yep, yep, it's a real booked thing that we did. Uh, yeah, you can. I'm gonna finish it up because I'm getting getting tired. Yep, this episode is also brought to you by sleep. The concept of sleep uh, as a whole is pretty interesting. How do we get there? All right. Uh, you Who can is? make sure to. We're gonna put out a couple tweets this week uh, to let everyone know that we're put. We're gonna you know, release an episode. This episode will be out long before you guys really know anything about this. But uh, I'm gonna try to update the schedule and try to make sure that people know, like, you know, we're back on it. We had a little bit of a hiccup and we're going to start to get a little bit. Not a hiccup. You, you were injured. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to be modest, but the, uh, fucking champion. Uh, we're going to do some fucking legend for this. We're going to do COVID. We're going to do COVID. We're going to do Christmas themed, uh, movies from, for the next couple weeks, just cause it's, you know, Christmas time. Uh, but they're going to be unorthodox. They're not going to be legit Christmas movies, except for maybe the last one. Can the outro song be Christmas Tree Farm by Taylor Swift? I don't have the rights to that, but I'll or sing it. Or can we use the the Mando remix that I made? on? Uh, let's, do, let's do that, because I think I have less of a chance of being copyright infringed. Mm-hmm.